You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Amen. Now that's the way to start a service. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you. And man, today is a special day for multiple reasons. Can I get a shout out to the mission kids in the house? Hey, it was like all adults that went woo. No, like almost no kids. Can I get a kid woo? Okay, there we go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mission Kids are in the house this morning, and uh, man, I just, Becca said it so well, but I just want to reiterate, like, like uh, lots of times we put kids off into their own little wing and, like, for, you know, make them not feel totally a part of the big, the big church, and then when they get out of children's church, sometimes it's hard for them to connect, and kids, I just want to say the mission values you so much. The family would not be the same without you, so thank you for being here this morning. And uh, another um, special thing about this morning is uh, we're going to take communion together a little later, which is always a special time uh, as a family. And uh, in addition to that, we're actually going to be uh, sending off the Carter family this morning. And that, that's going to be sad, but also special. And so we're going to do that at the end of the service. But um, I, I'm wondering if you guys could give me some characteristics or some, um, some thoughts about trust. Trust. What is a characteristic of trust? I heard something. Surrender, okay. Surrender. What's that? Leaning on. That's good. That's good. Um, there's an old song called Leaning on the Everlasting Arm that I used to sing all the time, and I, I, I love that song. That's a good song. Good job, Jesse. Rich. Vulnerability, okay. Security, okay. Tell me about that, because so far I've heard some, you know, vulnerability is a, is a product, I think, of trust, but, but what, what is it about um, someone that makes you put your trust in them? Honest, okay, honesty, okay. I'm sorry. Reliability, that's a great one, okay, that's good, that's good. Safety, love it. Kids, anything? Consistency, oh, that's good, that's good. Okay, you have to release yourself to trust. Yeah, that's good. Um, kids, I, I meant to mention that um, uh, Scott, our mission kids director, had a family emergency and had to take off, and he hates missing family-style service. So I'm kind of filling in for him at the moment, and so forgive me if I'm shooting for the hip here, but from, for, from the hip. There we go. Yeah, so, so what I hear is that trust has a lot to do with um, someone doing what they say they're going to do, being a man or woman of their word. 
their word not not um, not necessarily uh, like we all make mistakes, and I'm sure we've all broken promises time, you know, here here and there. But consistency in doing what they say they're gonna do. Would you would you say say that's about right? Okay, okay. Um, so here's here's. Uh, Here's, here's what I want to ask is, how many broken promises does it take for you to begin to question your trust in someone? How many broken promises does it take? For, one, yes, I know that's true for you. <laughs> Believe me. I have, I have broken many a promise to Kim I promise I won't I won't cook without cleaning the stove when I'm done. You know, like I've broken that promise like 57 times this month. So what else? How many times does it take to for you to start questioning your trust in someone? My wife said one, which just shows you what I'm dealing with here. <laughs> it depends on it depends on the character, okay? Okay. It depends on the promise, okay? This is a good conversation. I'm glad we're having it. Okay. Dolores and Kim are on the same page. You know what? I uh I don't know if you guys have ever broken a promise before. I mean, I uh, but I I have. I, I already admitted, you know, that I don't I don't clean the stove after I cook sometimes. And um, but there was this one promise that I broke that went on to live with live on. This I broke this promise a long time ago. And it still lives in my household, the, the ramifications of breaking that promise today. Uh, I asked my son if it was okay to share this story. And my oldest son, Dylan, who's 16 right now, good Lord, I'm old. Um, he's 16, and, uh, and he's actually learning to drive right now. But when he was little and losing teeth, he had this one tooth that was like hanging on by a thread, but like it wouldn't come out. Who's ever seen like just like a dangly tooth? And you're just like, can I please pull that sucker out? You know? And, uh, and so I said to Dylan this one time, I said, just let me wiggle it. I won't, I won't try to pull it. Just let me just touch it, right? <laughs> just let me touch it. And I, I'm thinking, like, if I touch that thing, it's going to come out, right? And so, so I won't try to pull it, Dylan. I promise I won't try to pull it. He's like, okay, Dad. Okay. He's so, he's so sweet. And so I, I, I get my fingers around that tooth. And that, I swear, that was the strongest thread that was hanging on to that tooth that I have ever seen. And before I could stop myself from doing what I was doing, I yanked on the thing. And it still didn't come out. And so to this day, I still hear about the time that I promised not to pull his tooth that I, I broke the promise. You know, um, broken promises are, I, I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, we're, we're, we're taking him to counseling o over it, and, 
you know, he, he's traumatized, and I'm traumatized from living with the guilt. And um, No, I'm just kidding. But he does remind me of it regularly, at least probably six times a year, no joke. And, um, and so I just think, like, man, how many times does it take for us to begin to not trust someone when they've broken their word, right? But here's the thing, and this is really what I felt the Lord leaning on uh, for our time together this morning as I was praying about it uh, yesterday and, and, and through this morning and stuff, is here, here's what I want you to walk away with, is that God is trustworthy. God is trustworthy, and he always, always keeps his promises, he always keeps his promises. In Genesis, Genesis, if you don't know, if you're new to the Bible, Genesis is actually the first book of the Bible. It's like all the way to the left. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so in Genesis chapter 12, God makes this promise to this dude named Abram. And he says this, to Abram, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. God makes this promise. All people on the earth will be blessed through you. That's a big promise. That is a big promise. And lots of times when we refer to God or God is referred to in the Bible, especially in the New Testament, we refer to God as God, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? And, and Abraham is actually what God changed Abram's name to after this promise. So all peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. I will make you into your own nation, which later became the people of Israel, right? And later on, all like a lot further to the right of the Bible, we see the fruition of this. This promise, all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is in John chapter 8, and Jesus is arguing with some, some, some uh, Jewish Pharisees, and they're basically accusing him of being demon-possessed. And uh, Jesus says, I'm not demon-possessed. Actually, like, I, I've been around a lot longer than you think. And uh, they said, how, how can you, um, you, know, uh, you know, Abraham, our, our father Abraham, who, who knows the motion still to father, the song Father Abraham? Okay, let's see it. <laughs> Becca? No? Okay, all right. <laughs> Man, so 
They, they say to him, we know you're demon-possessed. Abraham died because Jesus is making the claim that people who uh, follow God and believe in him will, will never see death. And uh, they say, now we know you're demon-possessed because even Abraham, back in Genesis 12, who used to be called Abram, even Abraham died, right? Even Abraham died. But you say, whoever obeys God and believes in you will never taste death. And Jesus says this. Are you greater than, they they say, are, are you greater than our father Abraham? He died and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are, right? And Jesus replied, if I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim as your God, is the one who glorifies me. Though you do not know him, I know him. If I said I didn't, I would be a liar like you. But I I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You are not yet 50 years old, the, the Jewish people say. They said to him, and, and you have seen Abraham. In verse 58, I love this. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. See, Jesus is the answer to the promise that God uh, spoke all the way in Genesis chapter 12. Jesus is, is, is the answer, the, the, the keeping of the promise. All peoples of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because God is trustworthy. And he always keeps his promises. And we may not live to see it come to fruition, but we know we can take solace and peace in the fact that God does what he says he's going to do. He always keeps his promises. So as the worship team comes back, we're going to sing one more song, and then we're going to move into uh, a time of communion. But I just want you to wrestle. I want you to sit with that. Whatever circumstance you're facing right now, where is your, where, where is, what, what is your gauge on your trust in God? Where is, do you trust him with some things and not other things? Do you believe that he will always keep his promises to you? Do you believe that he's trustworthy? No matter what you're going through, kids, you may be preparing yourself like we just entered summer, but you may have starting that new grade on your your mind. Maybe it's a new school. Where is your trust in the Lord? I want to encourage you that from beginning of the Bible, from the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible, is just proof that God does what he says he's going to do. All of the people of the earth were blessed through the promise of Jesus.
And so as we begin to just like shift our thoughts and minds to, uh, to communion in, in a bit, I want to just pray before we sing one more song. Jesus, we in Holy Spirit, if you haven't been invited yet, Lord, you are welcome here. Come into this place. Be with us, Father. Father, we know that you are trustworthy. Lord, everything you speak is sound. If we look back on all the promises in the Old Testament, God, you've kept them all. If we look back on the statements and promises of Jesus in the New Testament, they've all been fulfilled. We're just waiting on the day for our Savior to return to the earth. So, Father, rest rich in this place. In Increase our trust in you daily. Give us opportunities to trust you. Because you are trustworthy. We love you, God. Amen. God always keeps his promises. He always does what he says. And he sent his only begotten son, Jesus, to the earth. Now, one thing I think sometimes we forget is that Christ isn't Jesus's last name. <laughs> Christ is actually a title. Like when Brian was the principal of a school, people would call him Principal Bell, right? That was his title. And Jesus, uh, Christ is Jesus's title. And Christ is Greek for anointed one. And it means the same thing in Hebrew as the word Messiah, the anointed one, the chosen one. And even in the Old Testament, God was telling people what he was going to do before he did it. He was telling Abraham, I will bless all the nations of the earth through you. And, and he went even as far in Isaiah to tell people how it was going to be done. Isaiah 53 in the NIV says this, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and, a familiar, and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted, but he was pierced 
for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid him the the iniquity laid on him the iniquity of all us all he was oppressed and afflicted yet he did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent so he did not open his mouth by oppression and judgment he was taken away yet who of his generation protested For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for their transgressions. Who is who is God talking about in this chapter in this chapter of Isaiah? We should all kind of jump in there. Jesus. And notice that this is in the Old Testament. God God talked about what he was going to do before he did it because God is trustworthy and he always does what he says he's going to do. He always keeps his promises. And that's exactly what Jesus did too. Jesus told his followers that he was going to have to die. In John 3, 13 through 16, Jesus says, No one has ever gone into heaven except for the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. For God so loved, I don't like to skip that so part, for God so loved the world, right, that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But to save the world through him. Jesus is 
saying, guys, um, th- this is in chapter 3 of John, so early in, 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 in John, in the gospel of John, and Jesus is already telling him he's th- that he is going to have to be lifted up. And he goes on later in the gospels to say it even more explicitly. This is what's going to happen. And yet sometime, somehow when it does happen, the disciples are still surprised. Who can relate? I just want to reiterate my point one more time for the cheap seats. God is trustworthy. And he always does what he says he's going to do. He always keeps his promises, unlike me. But yet, Jesus made the way for me. And he made the way for you. And so as we approach the communion table this morning, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about all the promises of God. And all the ways that Jesus has explained that the things that were going to happen before they happen and evaluate where your trust is in God in this season, in this moment, right now. Because I'm going to be honest with you, what I'm willing to trust God for sometimes ebbs and flows depending on the season. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that doesn't happen to me. It does. I'm just a person, just like you. And I'm in a season of, of where I talked about it a little bit. I talked about it a little bit last week, but I've, I've recently been having some health issues for the last few months. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a little scary from, from time to time. And what brings me comfort at the end of the day through all of that is that God always does what he says he's going to do. And he's trustworthy and he always keeps his promises. And so when we approach the communion table, you know, sometimes... Minute by minute, I have to restore my trust in God. Sometimes I catch myself on a train of thought that's not good, and I have to stop. I have to stop in the moment and restore my trust in the Lord, renewing my mind. And so I want you to evaluate in your life where are the things that maybe your trust is ebbing and flowing in God. And I want you to lay those down in prayer before you come to the communion table this morning. So this morning, we have three communion stations, one on each side of the stage and then one in the back by the sound booth. And when we take communion at the mission, everybody uh, is welcome but we, we ask you to take communion if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Everybody is welcome in this family. But we, 
we say if you, you don't have to be a part of this family or a member of this family, but you do have to be a member of the family of God to take communion. And so I want to uh, invite you in a moment to go to prayer, evaluate where your trust is in God, and if there are some areas where trust is questionable, I want you to just begin to lay those down. And, and then come to the communion table. You may take your elements back, come and get your elements and take your elements back to the, your seat and take your time and savor the moment with Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 says this, The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let me pray. Father, we come to your table now. Father, we invite you to open our eyes and ears, open our minds We ask you that you would reveal to us areas where we may not be trusting you fully. Father, we thank you that you keep your word. Father, we thank you that your promises are true. So as we approach the communion table today, Lord, may it restore. Father, may it rejuvenate. Father, may it bring peace and resolution. Jesus. You're so worthy of our praise. We thank you for interceding for us. We thank you for making the way. We love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.